Hello and welcome to Nitwick Radio. This is season two, episode five. You know, the season really to do the right name was the first season. Like the fact that That's the true. whole first season doesn't say Nitwick no. now. <laughs> it is kind of janked that the bit is done during the time when people would start L- listening. Yeah. But, Although I, I imagine our fans as the type of people that Aaron will uh, go incognito on Reddit and say, oh, what amazing how my favorite podcast covered my favorite band on their show it's so and then, great and it's then funny. everybody will like click on one episode and so we get one chance to really wow them and we don't know whether it's going to be intelligent discussion or if it's going to be elf world you All never I know. know you never know i, I know one We're thing playing russian roulette with the redditors sure here boys <laughs> and that is there is a person in the uk right now who just woke up out of a deep slumber his reddit username Echo Eck. His ears and are screaming right now. Echo Eck's been listening since that episode, dude. He probably blocked Echo us. He's like, I don't ever want to think about this you know, podcast like, again. <laughs> Here's the truth of it. Here's the truth of it. If, if I'm going to have to use Reddit and Facebook and see people making posts like unto what I create when I'm trying to uh, self-promo for no apparent reason at all, I... I just don't feel bad. I don't, about, know, I don't, I don't feel bad about doing it. Let me be incredibly clear about I something. I have to deal with so much let, of that crap. Let me be why incredibly not? clear about something. I don't know why we got this huge stick up our butts as the collective internet to not allow self-promo in the first place. Literally, what were we thinking? Like, when you say, don't do self-promo, and then there's like there's this unspoken rule that you can never promote anything that you've ever done on the internet, all that does... All that forces people to do, and I think the only reason it happened is to make people who just endlessly consume all day, uh, I'm going to consume content for 16 hours. The all we're doing them is giving them a little pat on the head and being like, oh, you're fine, buddy. We don't self-promote around here. You don't have to be aware that other people are doing things with so their what life. Ha- what happens when your comment section gets flooded with, hey, yo, I made a sick beat, Literally, bro. who cares? Who cares? Who cares? True. It's a comment at, section. At this this point maybe i could agree but like for a while it really was annoying because people did care about comments for a long time I, and I, that maybe now they yeah, don't then as much comments but did become just just retorts and then who cares yeah well, uh, well at this point it's just comment who quality, has the funniest joke that's what it yeah, is it's degraded so much comment quality on average on the internet to the point where i would say uh, and hear me out and i would like to see someone disagree with this <laughs> if someone posts a cool I don't know, Billie Eilish song to the Billie Eilish subreddit, right? And then the top comment, rather than some 500-page essay about how you heard this song after your mom died and it hit the right space for you because Billie just really gets it and she's grown up so much. If someone just said, hey, I made a shoegaze cover of this song, ah, you're self-promoting. Oh, you're yeah, you're hurting totally the conversation. Well, I, I can't. I, on top of that, on top like, of that's that. That's like me bringing up Del the Funky Homo Sapien on this here podcast. What does it do? Derail. It derails. It's not. It's, you're saying <laughs> I made a shoegaze cover of this song. Yeah. That is, they are contributing more to the discourse. Okay, but, I can understand, but what but you're I, saying is, you're saying self-promo as long as it aligns with whatever it is. That's what you're saying. Well, Relevant be- because, self-promo? I, because, is that what I'm getting here? Yeah, because think, people are not going to stay to that rule. That whoa, would be another whoa, guys, unspoken rule. Back off. Just because I promoted this podcast on r slash wiggles doesn't mean you have to come down on me like No, this. I'm not coming down on you at all. I, I think it is ridiculous that we've banned self-promo, and it's a freaking cope for people who don't do anything. It, it yeah, literally, yeah. It, it's in the name of comic. Here's a rule. Don't be obnoxious. There, there's that study that just came out that said people who are trolls on the internet actually are just that unpleasant in real life. So it turns out these people are just here. And it doesn't matter if you ban self-promotion or if you have rules like be excellent to each other. People are just jerks sometimes. Why are we making these vain efforts to preserve comment quality under the guise of just, I don't know, giving this big, uh, uh, oh, you don't do anything with your life. You just watch streamers all day. Here's here's a metaphorical Valium. Here's a metaphorical Valium. Just mm, so nice. So sweet. Now you'll never have to deal with acknowledging that anybody does anything with their lives ever again. You're good, buddy. Have I got lost vote. a long time ago I, on this I, one. I'm going to be I honest think, with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I get 
I get the bulk of this point, but that last bit there. Well, have you seen the Reddit coinage? It's strange. Like I've gotten some Reddit I, I guess I haven't. What do you mean Reddit coinage? Yeah, there's like rewards. silver and gold coins you can get for uh, posting. This is what he's talking I'm about. I'm a top poster. Well, I mean, I mean, how is that much different than the karma that already existed? Like, how is it? People different? have to pay money for money. it. Is the difference. They, they award uh, you money. I see. It's like Dude, I don't know. The thing that the thing that messes me up the worst about that is what they did with Reddit silver. So Reddit gold was a real thing for a long time. You really could, if you thought a comment or a post was exceptional, spend, for whatever reason, $5 to give an anonymous user on the internet a gold icon next to their name for, I don't know, a week, a month, or something like that. It's true. And then, what happened was, people who rightfully knew that probably shouldn't just send money to strangers over the internet in ways that they'll actually never benefit from because again it's just a gold icon next to the name started posting this hilarious image with comic sans and terrible microsoft paint gradient that said reddit silver and it was fantastic because then you could acknowledge that the fact that we're buying gold for each other is really stupid while still memeing on somebody's terrible comment so what did reddit in their infinite wisdom as a social media platform, decide to do with the thing that was made to parody how stupid their other currency was. They legitimatized it. I don't know if that's a word. Legitimatized <laughs> it. Yeah, it is now. Definitely. Yeah, no, the idea the idea on Reddit of paying money, giving somebody money that they can't use. For a yeah. post. Yeah. Yeah, For I a got, post. I've got two Reddit silver on one of my posts. I don't know why. Was it r slash produce? No, it's uh, actually on r slash halo. Ah, okay. Nice. Nice. When the internet moved away from individual blogs, that was the end. That was the end. I don't know, man. We had non-individual blogs and everything long before Reddit. I'm just saying, I I was on 4chan in like 2004. I went to Logan's website the other day, like two days ago, and you've updated it. He wrote a thing about how to write a book without using Microsoft. Oh, that's ongoing. Yeah, that's still that's still in the works. Oh, do you do it in command line? You probably yes. write. Yeah, you write. Yeah, you book do. Command line? You know what? Because so man was meant to interact with computers through command lines. <laughs> these buttons, these colorful shapes, those are for children. You are playing with Play-Doh when you use a GUI. You will type commands with your keyboard like an adult. Yeah, it's way more efficient. I have I have two <laughs> two positive internet experiences that I want to share. Uh, the first one, uh, it was uh, the Oliver Tree Scooter Army on Facebook. Somebody posted, it was a link to Insane in the Membrane, and it said... The Cypress Hill song. Yeah, and it, and it said, do you think Oliver likes this song? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> That's how I what, feel why, about it. That was positive you, experience number why one. Why do you come here and, and bring up negative things about Oliver Tree in front of people who already dislike Hold it? Up. I, <laughs> like, just don't even bring it I'm, up. I'm actually an Oliver Tree more, song on that I'm much more curious on us. the context. Yeah, hey, I know. Dude, that, what, that, that was the How did this evolve that was, into a scooter gang? That was their post. Uh, no, that's just the name of I the I hope Facebooker. it's a literal scooter gang, because if it's not, this is going to end with disappointment. Yeah, he also announced a new song. Of course. Yep. Yeah, of course. Of course. My, 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 other favorite, my other favorite internet experience this week, maybe that's, that's a pretty good ex- segment, actually, just quality experiences on the internet. <laughs> the other one was, uh, uh, it was, a re- it was r slash 100 gex, and it said, my favorite song by 100 gex is ringtone. What is yours? <laughs> the internet's an awful place. The only positive experience I've had on the internet was that meme of Patrick. He's like praying in the pews. <laughs> That's a good one. I, well, I got a PS5 last week, and I posted a picture on Facebook with the caption, Bless this major dub. And it just had the PS5, and then next to it was the picture of Patrick praying in the pews. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dumbest image in the world, and I love it. I just love somebody going on Reddit, and they're just like, they need to tell Reddit. Reddit is the person that they want to tell about their favorite song on an album. And they're like, hey, yeah, hey, I, Reddit, dude, this song's my favorite one. What I, is I your... I don't even I can, hate that. Ooh, like, ooh. that is an absolutely appropriate... And I don't mean this in a mean way. That is an absolutely appropriate level of discourse for 100 Gex. <laughs> hey, my favorite song's ringtone. What is yours? Oh, 
I'm a schizophrenic teenager on the internet. Again, don't mean that in a bad way. I do. Oh, let me tell you, my favorite song is 800 dB Cloud. That one's good. To which the original poster replies, yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> We're having a good time. That is a good use of our bandwidth. No, you and I'm not saying use. this ironically. <laughs> a bad use. If you ever want to just like feel better about yourself, go on r slash true film. Oh, no. It is the most pretentious group of film people I've ever interacted with in my life. And I got on there once. And I posted about this film called An Elephant Sitting Still. Of course you post about that I'd one. I'd still want to see that movie. <laughs> I, do, I, I do have too. it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I do too, if you want to borrow it, you're welcome you're to. You're implying I have a Blu-ray player and anything other than a Mac <laughs> that pirates movies and an HDMI cable. Well, for what it's worth, the director's dead. So All implications. Um, Regardless, I posted about that movie like right after it hit stateside and got obliterated no i didn't even it it wasn't even a review i was trying to have a legitimate discussion about the themes of anxiety and depression in the film and Mm -hmm. the people were just like you obviously don't know what you're doing here i was like yeah and none of you can fight so yeah (laughs) i was like (laughs) pull up my favorite quentin tarantino movie is pulp fiction what is yours i'm pretty sure you're not allowed to talk about quentin tarantino on that subreddit you know like there's some stuff that's like straight up banned you know what there is a reason that the Everybody. internet is now Discord servers. You know why it is? Because of people on Reddit. Because of, well, that's part of it. <laughs> because what happens is outsiders like us go to a subreddit like True Film, and we hey. try to say, hey, my favorite movie is an elephant sitting still. What is yours? And there was, it was a full thought out, like five paragraphs that I was talking about. That. <laughs> you wrote a blog post. That's how that thing works. They re, there is a word minimum you have oh to have on God. there. Wow. I'm not kidding when I say it's like the most pretentious but, thing on the internet. But people huh. want to be pre- people want to be pretentious, but they don't want to be pretentious in a place that's too public. Because if you're pretentious in a place that is too public, then you're going to get linked. And when you get linked. It's over for your little community boy. Let me tell you. You thought we were going to talk about Italian art films? We're talking about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker for a month. That's your life He's now. Getting hate posts for days in there. Wait, what's the name of this subreddit? True Film. All oh. listeners need to go to r slash no. True Film and say, my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie is Pulp Fiction. No, don't even say that. Say my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie is The Joker. <laughs> Just like really throw some curveballs at him. Oh. Wow, yeah, I found it. It's horrible. And as a result, I, this was also like three years ago. They may have updated rules since then. I have not gotten back on. Since and as that a result, day. there are now only two things on the internet. Period. One links to Discord servers. Two screenshots of Discord from servers. those yeah. Discord servers. It's true. That's all the internet is no, there's now. There's three. There's three. Three Twitter posts of the screenshots of the Discord oh, servers. Right. <laughs> you gotta have those. Yeah, they're important. I forgot. And YouTube compilations of screenshots from Discord servers <laughs> or TikToks. So I guess there's four things on the internet. Ah. <laughs> uh, so so bad news. The the MIDI switcher isn't working this week. So Rip. Oh. Uh, I don't think we can ever transition. Jake, then Jake, this is the show. Jake's pretty good at um you know interpretive noises speech. Yeah. So album of the week is. There's a reason we didn't do this. There's a reason we did this. I don't know why we don't do this every week. I don't know why that's not the nitty. There's a reason why this happened one time. Could be now in my absence. In my absence, this kind of crap was happening one week, and you guys all came back and said, "We can't. We can't." No, there's no way I didn't say that was the best thing I've. Yeah, no, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it, and frankly, we prefer it. Listen, Aaron, I'm happy with the bumps that you made too i think they're of good quality but i think things of good quality only exist in this world so they could be made into parodies of worse quality <laughs> that's fair true. enough that's fair enough so there's five things on the internet <laughs> <laughs> parody all right so. and new grounds that can't gotta go have that holy cow shout out to flash games new Rip. grounds oh my god uh, all right wanna, cody cody, cody was on the album of the week i was so it's been told um, the album of the week is Witness by Modern Life is War. They are a hardcore band from Marshalltown, Iowa. This was their second album released on Death Wish Records in 2005. Oh, Death Wish. Yeah. I feel like that is a pretty sufficient intro to that. So what is it about Iowa? Uh, <laughs> so what is it, it about Iowa? It's a matter Iowa? of time. It's a matter of time. My, my, favorite bl- my favorite band Slipknot is also from Iowa. 
All right, there must be favorite band? my favorite no, song by so Slipknot is oh, I can't even come up with the duality. Song. Duality. What's yours? Okay, but like honestly though, like actually, there just is something about the Midwest that like cooks up emotion, man. Like a lot of it because they either get really depressed and sad and twinkly, or they start screaming their heads. Or they off. get really depressed and sad and uh, chuggy. And, and chuggy. Yeah, there are only two moods for a Midwestern guitar player. And if they're from Twinkly Iowa, and chuggy. Twinkly there is an chuggy. asterisk on there to point two. If you're from Iowa, you've got probably 30 members in your band. <laughs> yeah, it's like... That's true. I did see a defense. Because, it's because there are only three bands. Yeah, no, well, and beyond that, it's I, like you gotta, you can't just start a band without including your entire graduating class. You're yeah. like, no, no, no. That's the whole high school yeah, in Slipknot. You're starting a they're band without me? I literally saw a defense article about why Slipknot wasn't a ska band. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They now. are. Yeah, there's enough members in there to count as a ska band. It doesn't have anything to do with trumpets. It has to do with number of members. Yeah, yeah. that's that's 100 percent been the case. And the uh, population of uh, checkered fedoras. Yeah, and, does Slipknot and what, ever have anything checkered in there? And mm, they and, might um, have. What do you call phases? these things? Overalls. No, the uh, like the suspenders. Do you have suspenders. Oh, suspenders. Yeah, that's the yeah. One. Also, if uh, if your album art has neon green on it. Pro- you're probably Scott. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, so what, so was it, was it, what was it? What was it? I said it's like orange, orange oh. Fanta, and hot dog. I I literally that think the Scott. worst. I'm gonna say something. I think the worst album I've listened to on this whole show was Real Big Fish. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think that was my least favorite. Rip Damon. Yeah, that's rough. I wish he was still. Alive. I, I actually yeah. think so. Like I was just thinking back and like. I can't think of anything that I would not return to more than Real Big Fish. <laughs> it's weird. I, I don't know how, like, out of all this, like, this is a total side note, but how on all of the ska albums there are out there, because there's some really good ones, Catch-22, Streetlight Manifesto, I realize that's basically the same band. I love but I'm like, how did we end up with Real Big Fish? They're more popular. Uh, they are, <laughs> they but are. they're known for, like, you wanna a know why? joke song. It's yeah. it's because of Vans, Off the Wall, oh, Warp gosh. Tour. It's because tour. It's be- Catch Twenty Two played Warp Tour. It's because Streetlight wasn't I guess, yeah. fun enough. You <laughs> know, Toe Case Too Depressing. Real Big Fish is a Weird Al cover of Streetlight. <laughs> that's yeah, that no, is that's what they are, and that's why they're more popular. Oh no, I've seen them together. Yikes. Weird <laughs> Al and Real Big Fish. No, 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 no. Real Big Fish and Streetlight Manifesto. <laughs> that would be a Although that much. would make I'd go to that. I would one hundred. Humanity isn't ready for that, that level of goof. <laughs> so. Streetlight actually toured with them. With Real Big Fish? Yeah. They didn't like have a choice. 20, no. yeah, <laughs> they, like 2012. They didn't they consent. Multiple times. Real so. Big Fish had more followers than them, and there was a power dynamic. How could yeah. Streetlight possibly consent? I guess you're right. I want to bring us right. back to modern life is war. I yeah, want to talk about yeah, this no, album. No more Real Big I want to. Here's what Slip I. Okay, wait. Here, I'm going to say something <laughs> no, no, right now. Can I, all right. I was going to say something, this, too. Um, this band sounds like Defeater. They came first, so Defeater sounds like Modern well, Life is War. I mean, by about six years. Uh oh, uh oh, flex uh-oh. level. I'm Let's just see. gonna say this is Radiohead that's Porcupine That's not tree. a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. I just, bad I just want to make sure that it's freaking rad. Here's what I here's what I love about melodic hardcore bands is that a they never play a ballad ever. I've never heard a melodic hardcore song play. Like you can get into the grungiest of grungy metal. And even then one of them will have like the slow song. You know what I mean? Melodic hardcore. Oh, those guys know what I want. Even the acoustic I wanna stuff's f- fast. I want to feel the gasoline through my veins when I listen to melodic hardcore. And it needs, it needs to be pumping strong. I'm not talking that. I'm not talking that premium ultra leaded get a free car wash afterwards gasoline i'm talking that gasoline that you got on the side of the interstate and it's and it's like three in the morning and you may be in nevada you may be in california you can't tell you're also not sure if you're hallucinating this gas station or not that's exactly the type of liquid that i want flowing through my veins when i listen to melodic hardcore yeah, it makes sense it i get that so i appreciate them for that i'm also going to say um, and I'm going to be cautious about saying this. This album potentially has the best lyrics that oh, I've ever Jeffrey heard Eaton's out of a fantastic a, lyricist. It was surprising. So my first listen, of course, was on a phone speaker in, you know, just like walking around my house. And I thought, oh, man, those are some ne- crazy good riffs. So I do what I do. I do the Logan thing. 
and I hit, hit up the good old Cinemic, the RateYourMusic.com, which has shamefully updated its CSS. Right. And I see, what do people say about this album? It's got some pretty banging riffs. I'm excited to hear people talk about the banging riffs. And every <laughs> review is like, riffs. great lyrics. Oh, great lyrics. Best lyrics. Oh, okay. My favorite lyrics. I'm like, oh, so I guess I just missed the entire appeal of this album. <laughs> so God bless that was only about 27 minutes long. It's short. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I went back, I pulled up that Rap Genius page, and I was like, okay, let's understand how to be depressed in America, boys. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so what? you've completely forfeited that lyrics are a meme. That's just, you, that's like past now. Water I, under the bridge. What I think... The context that you're lacking here is that I have tried to explain to you what a meme is, Jake. <laughs> Hundreds of like times now. We can't, we, can't, we can't afford this. We all can't right, afford right, this. We'll get into that later. We'll get into I didn't say lyrics are a joke. Okay, we'll get into it later. We'll get <laughs> he into didn't, it later. He, in his defense, he didn't say... He didn't say lyrics are a, a joke. A weird I didn't say lyrics don't matter. <laughs> Go ahead, please. I, fair, fair point, fair point. I have really enjoyed this. This was great. This was really great. It's um, it's basically a parallel to the a lot of the um stuff I've been listening to, but just way harder. And I appreciate that about it. It's uh, kind of like if you take what is, what is that space between like emo and hardcore? What is a lot that? Of hardcore. A lot of hardcore. Huh. Yeah. So Sorry. Th- so <laughs> that, that is the genre, though. <laughs> so tell me then, what is I want to listen to it. This isn't just a hardcore album, then. I, I'd say, like... I figured it I think was. hardcore is, like... It's a big umbrella, but it's got things under it, like melodic hardcore. You've got that. Or in, like, the 90s in New York, you got bands doing beat-down stuff where it's just, like, drop-D chug riffs and things you can fight to. Mm. Or, like, <laughs> in the late 90s, you've got, like, crazy fast arpeggio riffs and, like, tremolo picking and things coming out of, like, Sweden, I think is where it is. A lot of that metalcore kind of falls under it bands that are like oh yeah we like hardcore but we also like slayer and so like stuff like that like <laughs> shout out poison the well poison the well would be like a great example of metalcore but mm. like things like that there's a bunch of different stuff that like falls under the banner and so i i think melodic hardcore was really big between like 2002 ish i'd say up to like 2011 Huh. And then it started to like more people started to get into like metalcore and things. And in the last five years, it's just been pure metalcore. I, which I I'm don't like, know okay, when metalcore became <laughs> kind of a meme. Like, I can't tell can you. We, can we stop using the word meme, please? It is meme. way too broad. Right. You know what? It's way too broad. Okay, I will. <laughs> I don't know when the sound that we associated with metalcore became so sugarcoated. 2006. It really like in a hot topic in your local mall. All of a sudden, <laughs> it wasn't about like the scary, dingy kids that were listening to metalcore, and it was like ugly. It was like a pop producer like got into metalcore and then asked a couple teenage girls to listen to Asking Alexandria, and was like, "Okay, this is what we sound like now." I can even get a little more specific with it. Yeah, 2004, Under Oath. They're only chasing safety. Is that the band that sings of mice? Uh, no, that's of mice and men. Never Maybe. mind. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but uh, Under Oath is like they were a metalcore band. Started out in the late '90s, and their original vocalist split off to do like Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. If you've mm-hmm. ever heard of them, um, but after he left, uh, I think the kid's name is Spencer Chamberlain. Um, he joined the band. They kept doing like their Christian metalcore thing, which is yeah. fine. But then you read the lyrics, you're like, whoa, this is not what I expected to read over, yeah. you know, breakdowns and synth things. But um, <laughs> And to be incredibly clear, one of my favorite albums of all time is Christian metalcore and is quite candy coated. Which one is it? Jamie's Elsewhere. Okay. Fair. Yeah. But so, I'd say like 2004 is the turning point. Metalcore gets real popular it's really easily or not easily, but like heavily produced. It's not as like grungy yeah. of like just teenagers that are pissed off and I, like really into Charles Manson. And I think, I think that's what appeals to me more about melodic hardcore is it seems like a lot closer to those raw punk roots rather than like this string section overproduced. I'm basically singing an Ariana Grande song over drop D. I, I think that modern life is war kind of touches on that, especially like with a song like dead Ramones. 
Mm-hmm. Where it's just it's a straight that up three catchy, chord though. punk song. Yeah, it's the only one that's played in the standard tuning on the whole album. Too. Nice. <laughs> Frankly, I that was one thing I was actually going to hit on. It's interesting you just said that, but I was going to talk about catchiness for a second because I love the album. I love the energy of the album. I do usually generally appreciate just a tad bit more catchiness. Some of these songs, like I just don't really remember them very well until I'm listening to it again because mm-hmm. I I listen to it more than once. But like great stuff, just not very catchy which i get it they're not trying to be catchy but i just generally i kind of like a little bit just to cement it in my head but it's it's so hard to pull off an album that doesn't have hooks uh in general i think there's one in my mind that i think really does uh poison the wells opposite of december um that that album like never repeats a 16 bar section it just changes the whole way through i do think you have to be a ridiculously good songwriter to get it, to make something infectious without uh-huh. giving it a hook. Yep. Now Dead Ramones is the closest because he has a really specific vocal rhythm. It's like uh, the black pants, black shoes. Mom and Dad still don't approve. That goes yeah. crazy. <laughs> I heard that and I was like, "Whoa! Yeah, I want to rebel against my they parents. Like, they never did anything to me." <laughs> maybe twenty years old when they wrote this record. Yeah, like, they Man, were young. That's sheesh. crazy. Because okay. So that was my angle when listening to it. First of all, I want to say I really appreciated that it was 27 minutes. I felt like it was the perfect length. Yeah, it, I've it had a lot really... of really long albums. I, I decided it was time to switch <laughs> no, it up. No, seriously. <laughs> good seriously, it was, it was the perfect length for, you know, I was able to consume it and feel content at the end of it. Like, oh, I could do that again. You know what I'm saying? It was It was very approachable that way. But what I was thinking about while listening to it is I was just like, man, this... Because like... So, I don't know what, what the it's a huge umbrella, but to just say like heavy guitar music, right? It's as a concept existed for a long time, and it's been a symbol of rebellion for a long time. I don't know, I don't know how you take it much further when you listen to something like this. It's just like, wow, this hits hard. They are saying there is no like record company telling them they can't say it they are saying exactly what they intend to say and it is the music's going as hard as it possibly can they like can. piss off people from their hometown with this because like, this this album's pretty how can you mean i just don't know yeah. how you can go much har- harder than that i mean you could you could continue to do it but it's like we've kind of seen this evolution that that direction happen and i think like the themes that are being covered and the tone of the production and the instrumentation is just like this hits pretty freaking hard there's hard stuff. I think most of it is in um, the execution rather than the lyrics. And I do have something to say about the lyrics. I, it's one of the small points, I think, to the album's detriment. Um, is that the actual contents of the album, while they are, while the lyrical content is relatively hopeless, while it's relatively depressing, it's not actually the most depraved or truly hopeless thing ever. You know, because he he talks about certain things like I'm in a band because I do what I can or something like that Um, and constant references to what he does to cope with it. I think and I dare say something like Father John Misty's pure comedy is more depressing than this album, but the execution is more lighthearted. I think it's really the pairing of the way he screams the vocals with that level of grit combined with the hugeness of the guitars, the grittiness of the guitars, that sell this as a truly hard yeah, I think, album. I think that is what I'm saying. It's, it's like, you are so, like, what you're listening to is so emotionally in line with what they're trying to communicate. There's like, it is exactly, it feels like it is very close to what they're trying to communicate. Yeah. And it's like, I, I when you're doing that, it's like, other people can do it from different angles, but it's like, you can't do that better than they're doing it yeah mm-hmm. that's that's what i was thinking while i was listening yeah to and i i think about what albums really communicate to me the depression of small town life and i don't think anything's ever hit me as hard as this one i think about bands like sorority noise um lots of emo stuff actually yep. even like early little peep which i really really like where he talks about growing up in a neighborhood where he everybody felt fake to him right and (laughs) anyway he has he has a good way of putting it but i don't think anything has (laughs) sold me on the like 
man, it sucks to live in like this small factory town as hard as this. I don't think anything's ever hit me in that way before. There's an interesting interview. I don't have to find it again if you guys are interested. Um, but there's an interview the vocalist did with, I don't remember who, but he was talking about like around the time this album came out, him and his friends just like bought a little tiny house in a bad part of town and like turned it into a punk venue, built like a little skate park inside the garage kind of thing and just had mm-hmm. shows there. They would get in trouble with the cops all the time because it was in a neighborhood Amazing. and they'd be having like shows in the garage and here come the cops to shut it all down. But just like, it's really interesting to see like, one, how like, you know, they react growing up in a place like Marshalltown, Iowa. It's not even mm-hmm. one of the cities people know in Iowa. Yeah. Like, only know of I think it because like of this album. Yeah, yeah. Des Moines and Iowa City. That's it. <laughs> and so I like I know this or that town because of this album. That's it. Yeah. And I've got some friends that live in Iowa and they're like, Oh yeah, it's nothing. Like Marshalltown's tiny. Jeez. But kind of like seeing how they cope with it lyrically, but also yeah. cope with it in like a physical sense. They're like trying to build something out of it. Like, yeah, it sucks here, but we're still going to try he, and do what we can. He said something really interesting in an interview that I saw on Rap Genius, so not, I don't know this firsthand. But he said, the lack of, a, of serious culture around the arts impacted me positively and negatively. And I thought that was a really intelligent, nuanced thing to say, to recognize that the lack of a way, the lack of a culture in which you feel like you can artistically express yourself can be very stifling to people who are highly open and who do feel creative. But the fact that I guess he's bootstrapping himself right there, just turning his house into a venue or the band is rather, and that they're creating this music that as outsiders to that experience we can say is legendary is amazing is probably a net benefit for him in the end too if he feels like he's really communicating his message Mm -hmm. um and so i really appreciated that specific quote deepened the album greatly for me when it wasn't just about it sucks here it's about here's how i feel i can talk about yeah so so that's yeah I agree. Actually, that's really a good point you're hitting on. Because, like, even with what I was saying, guitar music, where it starts, was just like, okay, society is offended by this specific thing. And in, in, in the beginnings, it was specifically like Christian values. Let's just target them. Let's goat head. Let's black fingernails. You know, it's like they were just trying to be scary. This feels like, yeah, there's a part of it of this is survival and a part of it is I'm in a scary situation mm. and then you got, it's like c- coming at you from both angles. It feels very real. You know, it really does. And I will say one thing to this album's detriment. So the, the lyricist does call his songs poetry. And I think <laughs> for the most part, it works. There is a little bit of syllable crunching that happens as a result of it where specific stanzas or lines will lose their feel because he had to rush through three words in order to communicate an idea. I do think, as a general rule of thumb, I err on the side of um, the words should sound satisfying and musical when spoken over you should communicate something really important. I think, again, for the most part, that works. But when you're reading through the lyrics, because they are a huge sell of this album and you're working through the actual tracks, you'll be like, wait, he just said a whole sentence in one... That's not parsable at all. You can't actually tell what he said if he didn't write it down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I, kind of noticed that. I, again, I I should go... I, I didn't pay as much attention to the lyrics as I should have. I just... I really appreciated the texture of his voice. But with that... It wasn't really a problem with this album as much what i'm about to say but sometimes the distortion that they'll put on on the vocals specifically in this type of music is when it starts to conflict with the guitars a little bit it starts to drive me a little nuts just because it's too staticky but it wasn't you saying they need a side chain on that i'm saying i'm saying sometimes i really prefer a clean scream but i will say this in, for this album is freaking perfect and, and I get they weren't even probably thinking about that at all but I just really I, I was for some reason you talking about cramming words in was making me think about the clarity of his voice and that's why I went there but yeah 
it communicates like you said though texturally anyway yeah it does yep and what i guess i I guess i'm at a different place with that comment because coming from what i will call the max martin school of thought versus i don't know who's a heavy lyricist uh johnny cash who's like a guy who's like known for having weights tom waits nick cave coming from like the nick cave camp versus the i come more from the max martin camp anytime lyrics get so lyrics can help the song great lyrics are what take a good song to a great song Mm -hmm. that being said anytime lyrics like cramming syllables because it's poetry to Mm -hmm. you or or you throw off the rhythm that's why i think dead ramones hits so hard is because it's one of the songs where it doesn't feel like the lyrics are trying to do their own thing alongside the song that rather the instrumental and the lyrics are kind of meshing in this beautiful way Nah, dude, screw this Max Martin crap. You're 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 coming you're coming from the Oliver Francis camp. Gucci blue cheese. Yeah, Gucci right, th- blue this cheese. This is this is <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like I totally Oliver get what you're Francis saying. Oliver Francis comes from the Max Martin camp. Yeah, I totally yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Pri- prioritize the vibe I don't want to use the word vibe there, but prioritize like the energy rather than the actual words. I but can I, respect I that. can't totally hate either because then I picture like the kid in Missouri like screw off missouri well a a two-horse town and he's reading through the lyrics and he's just like they get it man (laughs) and then i'm over here like yeah middle class i don't know i just think i just think it's a time and a place thing like there's this is the time and a place for what they did honestly i i really enjoyed it like i said this is a great project yet again it's very personal too like you think about the album there's like uh john and jimmy for example is about two people that he knew got killed in iraq Mm-hmm. So like it, it's yeah. very it's very personal. Oh, is that uh, what it is? I, I thought my he killed. He came home and he killed his father. Maybe that's what it is. There's a because, song on there that's about that though. And then the real singer. I actually wanted to talk about this track because it's awesome. Because he tells very succinctly the story of these two veterans, and he closes it out with one of the veterans asking him if he's still in that stupid band. And he's and the sentiment of the song is like. I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. Like, say say a prayer for us, because I can't be a hero like you. It was he actually? Did he actually serve in the military, or is that just purely I aesthetic? Don't think he did. Because, well, no, no, no. The um, no, I I, I know, I know the song did. you're talking about. Yeah, but did was the, the song? Yeah, was the songs about? Because I vaguely remember this whole thing as yeah. well. He wasn't singing it in first person was he no 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 it like jimmy came home from war his father's pride was spilled in the factory Ooh, good image uh and then jimmy approaches the lead singer and says hey you still in that stupid band gotcha i see say a prayer for us jimmy i do i'm doing what i can so okay i have to ask the question yet again yeah and i've asked cody this before but you you end up in these really intense narratives Okay. <laughs> what's not question? a question? Yeah, what's the question? I'm like, the well, question, how so. do you find yourself in these really intense narratives? Do you think, it, like, because I know you studied uh, what sociology. sociology? Is it is it partially like you know deep diving into what it actually looks like for some people in certain circumstances? Is that part of what's compelling, or is it strictly the music? Well, I got into the music before I ever got into that, so I'm not. Maybe it's the other way around. Like, got into the music, it just, like, felt... I mean, I was listening to this album, like, daily when I was, like, 16. Like, every day I'd leave seminary and just <laughs> put this on when I, you know... Because I was like, man, I don't really know how I feel about all this. Yeah. And it, it was, like, an interesting way of someone, like, questioning what's happening around them, explaining how they're feeling, but still managing to do it in a way that you can sing along with. And so... And I think that's something that was compelling about hardcore just in general to, like, 14, 15-year-old me when I was first getting into it was something like that. So, I... I does that answer your question? Do you, think, do you think music, like, this type of music is part of why you studied sociology? It could be. That's kind of... I think a lot of, like, the music that, like, before I ever, like, declared anything... Because I have two degrees. I've got one in political science, which was my initial major, and then... I got the one in sociology because they're like, you have all these credits, you know, you have to take like one more class and you get the degree. I was like, okay, well, whatever. It's not going to postpone anything. So, and it's not going to cost more. So why not? Um, 
But I there was a lot of bands, like especially hardcore bands in the nineties, that were like very vocal about things like indigenous rights, veganism, like just kind of like things against the status quo. And reading like lyric booklets when I was growing up and like high school and everything, because I loved doing that, getting like book lists out of everything. And I, I think that kind of turned the tide, so to speak, into like something like, oh, you can actually do stuff with this and there's more to learn than just, you know, the words that are on a page. It's interesting. That's, that's pretty cool because like you know, somebody can write a song that without you even understanding what they're fully trying to communicate, you you can have an emotional response to it that compels you to dig deeper into it. Definitely cool. And definitely like this is, that was my experience with this album was that it was like a worthy album of that type of having that type of experience. Cause it's, it's as about as real as I, you can't, to me, it felt like you, you can't express things much clearer than they're doing for where they are. You can say whatever you about, whatever you want about where they are, but they're communicating their experience pretty clear. Cody, you piqued my interest a little bit with that exchange right there. Have you ever listened to a project because you were interested in what it said politically or sociologically? Yeah. Yeah. Earth Crisis. Ah, okay. That's like the number one example. Like, because hopefully they're not listening to this. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Carl. Just close your ears for a second. But I was vegan for a couple years, mm-hmm. pretty much off the basis that I started listening to Earth Crisis, got into it past that. And then there was another band that kind of picked up the torch because Earth Crisis, like after like 1998, they stopped making things I really wanted to listen to. But the first couple albums, like uh, Destroy the Machines, the dude is using like these giant, like academic words to like talk about destroying the machines Mm -hmm. Uh, and like in the lyric booklet for their album Gamora's season ends he's talking about it which that album's more straight edge than it is about being vegan but (laughs) there's like things like here's where we can get you or where you can send donations to like the indigenous rights groups of like Hawaii and like it's just like crazy like you see stuff like that in hardcore bands and like for another example there's a band out of Seattle called Trial Um, they have an album called Are These Our Lives that came out in 1999 and I've actually become friends with the vocalist Greg over the last like seven years. And he like still to this day, like runs a charity called 100 for Haiti. And like with the earthquake recently, they've been down there like rebuilding roofs and like doing water digging and everything. But another thing just with that, like you'll open up the lyric book and you're like, Oh, there's like references to books in here, like Mm -hmm. excerpts from books. That's like, this is what inspired this song. And I, I think just in general, like that kind of thing, led me down a path to like, oh, there's more to this world than what I'm just seeing. Right. Yeah. No, I, well, oh, I got to insert right there because okay. it, it's like, it's like artists in general, I think a lot of times, uh, it outwardly express and put on display a lot of uh, like empathy for, for things. And I, I think it's, this is another example where it's like, it's really easy to miscategorize, like you're like a hardcore band or whatever. You're just like, oh, loud guitars, screaming. You know, they're just trying to stir the pot. They don't. But I think they still have that same artistic amount, like that empathy. They are feeling something, or or you know what I'm saying. They're trying to make something visible that probably deserves at least some attention. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're missing the mark. If like for me, hip hop in general is just people spilling their hearts out as clear as they can through through Gucci on my wrist you know Gucci blue cheese just, just, their heart just so purely expressed Gucci on my wrist you know what I'm saying right, that's actually a song and I wrote I, I think hip-hop is like <laughs> but something that does that to too though because like when I think of hip-hop a lot of what I listen to is more of like the heady lyrical stuff and so a group like dead prez let's get free that's like the most revolutionary, like Black Panther freedom Marxist hip hop album I can think of. But at the same time, you've got something like Kanye West or like Two Chains. You know, something like people that they have the potential to write those kind of lyrics, but they don't. It's more popular and it's easier to get into. Whereas something like Dead Prez, Let's Get Free, yeah. like they are very vocal about what they believe in and they are going to tell you about it on their album. I just spent the day at the skate park and I'm happy to say the skate the skate community, I thought it was dead, but it's actually still alive. And I have to say it was really cool because I was just learning to skate. Those guys are like mutually invested in the people at the skate park and like mm. they're celebrating your successes and they're they're totally <laughs> approachable and it, and I think it has a lot to do with skate culture if you learn about it is kind of that same type of coping thing. It's like 
they were there a lot of younger people living in really hard places to live and that's how they gathered and that's kind of a survival mechanism <laughs> mid 90s and i think skate culture is cool for the same reason and there's a lot of punk and hardcore in skate culture and vice versa yeah mm-hmm. i i want to ask since you've studied um sociology and political science it seems like you've had at least a big um academic eye towards these types of subjects and these types of problems that we're facing either politically or I, I think sociologically a lot of the time too. Do you think musicians play, I guess the way I want to phrase it is what role do you think musicians who talk about these types of things play in the broader discussion about politics, about sociology? I think it depends on like the time and place. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of hardcore nowadays, it's much more emotionally based. Like, they're not so much singing about, like, what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a really brief stint around, like, 2015 to, like, 2016 where there was bands doing it again. But I feel like a lot of the bands nowadays are more singing about personal things rather than, you know, more broad political structures. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, in the 90s especially, like, even here in Utah, like, Animal Liberation Front was huge. And a lot of those people were, like involved in salt lake city hardcore heavily like they were in the bands and everything and you know bringing pamphlets and flyers to shows and speaking out about those things i think it's kind of a time and place thing with hardcore because like even during you know like more like the melodic hardcore era it i got into it pretty late like the last few years of it but it wasn't as much focused on political stuff i think there's implications in like tones of that it falls in there but sure I, I think that was even with melodic hardcore a band like crime and stereo which you should listen to i, I think <laughs> jake would you would really like them um they wrote an album called the troubled state side in 2006 and even though it's a lot of like catchy melodic hardcore stuff almost like kind of 90s emo like sunny day real estate with a Ooh, little more nice. edge to it nice um they I mean there's a lot of very political songs and there's a song about freaking healthcare on the album <laughs> like and so i think yeah. it's kind of like a time and place and that was like at the tail end of you know like the 90s like very involved in politics like blowing yeah. up mink farms to free the animals kind of thing in kaysville yeah, all that kind <laughs> of stuff and i guess the question that i would ask to wrap up where i'm going with this because i appreciate your you're talking on that um do you frequently find yourself listening to music by artists who have political or sociological messages that you disagree with? Not really. Not really. Okay. I, I mean, they do exist out there, but it's not something that I really find myself searching out at any point. Because mm-hmm. I think there's like, because based on what you've said about your experience with this album, is that connected to you and supposedly how you were feeling emotionally at the time by expressing similar feelings about a different situation. And I am curious if with the background and knowing that I think a lot of these bands, like your experience with earth crisis are how people gain awareness of these types of things in the first place. Um, You, you get somebody in with a catchy song and it's not a trap, but you're like, Oh, by the way, this is about healthcare. And all of a sudden that opens up a discussion about healthcare. Um, it is, it is surprising to hear that there's not more of like a, well, and I guess it's the internet, but that your personal experience hasn't been like, oh, I really like this song. I just wish it wasn't about healthcare. <laughs> yeah, I think it's surprising because like hardcore kids will sing along to stuff. Like it doesn't really matter so much what it is. If it's catchy and you can sing along, like somebody will. Yeah. And so, I don't know. And I, I think even like within hardcore, there's people that like certain brands of hardcore that don't like others. Mm-hmm. We're talking about way too many things. On the internet, we're only supposed to do five Five things. Five well, this things. is on the uh, fake internet. This is the internet that we have in our brains. This is on our own personal Discord the, server. It, yeah. <laughs> All right. That was a good discussion. Good album. Go and give it a spin. Um, yeah, this is a strong somebody, somebody, Somebody have a piece of music news. I, Donda you know finally released gonna, Donda. I wasn't going to talk about Donda, but we're going to talk about Donda. Trash. We're going to talk about Terrible Donda. Album. What? What happened? This man literally put Marilyn Manson on his song in 2021. Come okay, on, all right. Me. So okay. let me let me say this because I am wait, 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 privileged wait. enough to say this. Wait, wait, wait. To be ignorant of the very real issues that are facing very real people, Logan, who really had 
Announcement from Kanye. Universal put my album out without my approval, and they blocked Jail 2 from being on the album. It's out now. Yeah. Jail 2 is? That's the one that... Uh, it's Marilyn Manson and DaBaby on there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was like... Eh. I, important announcement. If I take away what seems to be this endless cycle of Kanye drumming up um, controversy every time he's about to release a product, if we... Pretend like that's not a pattern that has been actively happening like for a long time now. George and Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. <laughs> Lest we forget. Lest, Lest we, we forget. forget. If we put all that aside, put aside the fact that he is divorcing Kim, put aside the fact that he is probably LARPing that there was label drama. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not siding necessarily with the artist of this one. I'm going to go ahead and say that I am... Getting pretty sick of Kanye. Me too. Despite all of this. No, I have been since about 2000. There was something around. So, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was an interesting experiment towards giving us an eye towards the glamorous yet dark life of being famous. And it's all about Kanye's fame, how he's adjusting to fame, how he's overreacting to it, but also how splendid it is and what it's like to be in the limelight and get all these nice things and meet all these people who would do anything for you and i think there's a handful of people i'm not going to say it's because the internet kind of makes people think this way about themselves like micro celebrities shout out to um, gambino. yeah uh, cody and i made contact What's this? contact shout out to childish gambino because <laughs> oh, the yeah. internet yeah he's- yeah um, By the way, the album cover, this, the release felt like Childish Game. Yeah, because the pure white, pure black thing. Big, big parallel. It's like, nice copy. Oh. Nice copy, bro. <laughs> I think. Donda, 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 Donda. A lot of people connected with my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy because as the internet age, the social media internet age began to dawn, truly the way people viewed themselves was as micro celebrities. And so Kanye's reflections on his own fame hit with the common man but this late in the game so many years later after so many phases i'm not going to say the life of pablo redux wasn't a high point i'm not going to say that i don't like tracks off yay but i am really really tired of listening to kanye west make songs about how he's famous i don't think there's any nuance left I don't think he has anything to say. <laughs> I honestly, no I knew left. it and understood it in 2007 when he made graduation because that's when it really started. Yeah. It was I, about that time. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. And then he made 808s and I'm like, oh, never mind. This is a dark album. And then he made My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. You're like, okay, yeah, it's back. And yeah. then he made Yeezus. And then I never really listened to that album. Like, honestly, though, like, not even just lyrical content, just pacing on this album. 27 it, freaking songs. It's like yeah, 448. And it feels like full of it feels full of packing peanuts. Yeah. It's like there is a few heaters in there. Like there's a few good moments. You're like, okay, this is awesome. This is great. And then back to an 18 minute solid stint of packing peanuts. Yeah, it's yeah. mostly filler. It's bad. Yeah. I'm just weary. I I'm looking at Kanye right now, and after Jesus is King, after maybe a handful of moments on Yay, I'm looking at him, I don't think you have anything else to say. I think that's it. I think his albums that he's released have mostly been good because of their features in the last 10 years. I think he should start writing Pixar albums. Because John Belly doesn't have anything to say either. (laughs) Does he? Oh, did that reference go over your head? Was that in the um, the Fantana Fantana review? Yeah, Yeah, we can talk about that. But um, I, I, Kanye, I stood up for you on this show. I called you my favorite Christian rapper. (laughs) I don't even know if that's true anymore. Because I'm not even sure if you, you, A, clearly don't see yourself as a rapper, which is fine. But... Coming with that is such a mix of emotions of how you're above these things, about how you're a a god, a tortured artist with a complicated mind. Um, You've actually said it all already. (laughs) And I listen to most of Donda. And yeah, occasionally you can whip out the right features, 
as yeah. y'all pointed out, and you can whip out a beat that will make me go, hmm, that's interesting. But I think emotionally, you're done. I think yeah, the last I, time it's over. Last I time can... you released something where I was like, "Yeah, this is good." Was the life of Pablo? Yeah. And even then, I like going back down. I'm like, ah, this is mostly. I think. Filler. I think like. Um, I I have to say this though. I have to because I've. I'm pretty sure I'm bound by what I've previously said. Mm. He did stick through with the Christian thing though. It's true. And he didn't swear. He edited out all the swearing. Uh, yeah, th- I was listening <laughs> like, to it and I'm like, something feels like it's honestly, missing here. Like there's lyrics missing. I honestly these. can't believe he did that, but <laughs> he did it. And uh you know what? Like I actually respect his backbone on that one though. I- I'll give that to him. I don't respect his backbone in LARPing that this whole universal <laughs> thing happened. Yeah. I am, I leave that to Oliver Tree. I am so Oliver, certain Oliver Tree. that there is so much more nuance to what he's saying if any of it is true. If any of it is true, there is a lot more nuance here than they leaked my album without my permission. This yeah. man has been leaking his album for the last month and a half. <laughs> <in> <laughs> stadiums all just over leaked the world. their own album. Uh, what? You think you're better than the Reign of Kendo because Reign of Kendo had to pretend to re- leak their album too? Oh, oh, Kanye, we're so sorry for what was you. It? Torrent, torrent this. Uh, oh yeah, barely Zip. alive did torrent this EP, and you yeah. had to torrent it. You couldn't get friggin anywhere fire. else. Friggin' fire! This friggin' federated music service idea that I have needs to happen. <laughs> All right, we got it. We got to get to bops. Wait, can, it's I, about can, chicken can I do the bops thing? Yeah. This album. Oh crap! Is blum blum blum. We got him to do it. Legendary Nitwick moments. All right, all right. Okay, I'm up first, right? So yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to give it to uh. Mambo number six. Oh my gosh, you took mine. Actually, I listened to that this week and I was like, <laughs> "That song, this is the best song ever." No, Wait, that is song, a real yeah. song. Smoking on that puaka. <laughs> so no, good. You can't say that. You can't. You, say you that. can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> Why you using Google Home still? <laughs> yo, yo, Alexa. <laughs> 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 Oh, Wait, this man. is a real song. Yeah, it's so so number song. six. You gotta hear it. It's good. William Crooks. William Crooks. It's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. So William Crooks is uh, he's quite a guy. <laughs> he's quite a guy. Yo, Alexa. His his music is like consistently just blown out, but he does it in such a way where it doesn't feel like cheap. Like he knows what he's doing. When you say blown he, out? Do you mean like sonically blown out? Sonically. Okay. Well, well, and just like it sounds like your speakers are blown. So like, it's like a Viper album, which we all hate. No, it, no, that's no, why I made no, no, the distinction. No. It that's... sounds like what Vince Staples thinks he sounds like. <laughs> okay, that, that was well put. Wow, I'm so impressed. <laughs> no, but anyway, he's he just goes insanely hard. Like his music is just crazy. And anyway, there's just this song on his newest EP that's called Mambo Number no. Six, and it's it's a banger. It's, it's I, dude, that beginning to clipaholics and it's just like <laughs> it's so good anytime you hear or that like if you hear at the beginning of a song someone goes trapaholics you know you're in for a good time like the next three minutes are gonna be awesome this is a certified hood classic Dude, I love Joe Vaughn he's like please come up to my door like hey you got any of those certified hood classics Trapaholics mixtape. We got to get Joe Vaughn on. You're pretty good at that. (laughs) It's from practice. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) If you matter, like the little B track started, it's like, dang, son, where'd you find this? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, if you haven't heard Mambo number six, go spin it. William Crooks, too, you know, he's interesting. He he might repulse the crap out of you, but you also might love it. So try it. Also, your David Lynch is really good. I don't want to be the impressions guy. <laughs> you're so good at David Lynch. The impressions guy. Like when you were talking about, it sounds like you made that in Garage Band. It was. It was <laughs> that was pretty good too. Yeah, that was pretty good too. Strong. Uh, I've had so many good songs over the past three weeks. I I go through so many dry spells, guys, in every sense of the word, really. 
uh, where like for two months, three months, I won't. I'll just listen to the same songs. Doesn't even matter. That's what happens. And then in a period of like one week, I'll I'll find everything. Yeah, I'll find like five out of the top ten. Yep, or something like that. I'm like that too. Uh, so I mean, I was gonna, I was considering doing Mambo Number Six because Jake and I's blend playlist is actually the best one. Uh, so and nobody good. can argue with that. It's it's actually the strongest. Ninety percent, dude. That's pretty yeah, high. We were yeah. literally ninety percent. Like, I'm proud to report, though, I was above eighty with everybody on the show. That's fair, but I was surprised. Like literally, 90. I thought we fought that's, a lot more than ninety percent. It's crazy. Uh, really scuffling over that last ten percent. We are. Um, <laughs> it's gonna have to go to uh, my one and only. My absolute favorite artist right now, Kendall Catface, oh. which, who is actually a rabbit for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you about to say blood or is it a different it is, track? It's got to be blood. That's so it's got to be blood because I don't. The tracks on Hay are so delicate. Mm. They're so delicate and charmingly awkward as they approach you much like the giant fursuited bunny on the cover <laughs> with just like a, Hey, which is the album's title. And on this track, I, I guess with this album, I didn't expect such sonic diversity. Yeah. It surprised Kendall me. Really can do that sound. Yeah. And I would say it's like adjacent to hyper pop. Yeah. But it has all the, it keeps all the fun of hyper pop, but takes on, so much more of a darker edge to yeah. it. Yeah. Honestly, I was yeah, I was excited to talk to you about that cuz honestly, I was surprised. Like I went in expecting kind of hey again. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it's really cinematic. <laughs> yeah. This it's, it's the cool. album on a whole is very uh is very much darker mm-hmm. and kind of replaces the anxiety of the first album with a very self-serious depression mm-hmm. and cynicism. And I think it absolutely works. The fact that she took it in a noise rock direction, the fact that some of it is like vocaloid choirs, mm-hmm. uh, the album is incredible, and I will never bring it here for you guys to review because my feelings are too caught up in it. Understood. I, I can't I can't bring a Kendall album to the show. I care too much about it. I understand. Um, for the record, I enjoy it. I, I listened to it, and like, I... No, uh, can't Kendall Catface last year... One of one of, like there's a I forget the name of the song I'm so bad with song names but um the the first album definitely mm-hmm. has several tracks that I've th- thrown in many playlists because it's just good yeah it it's incredible and she's got like no listeners so if I can use whatever modicum of internet clout that I've ever achieved let me tell you this the only reason I would ever want any level of fame was so I could get people to listen to Kendall. <laughs> and and not really her specifically, but in this case, yes, her specifically. Yeah, I get uh, it. Please. I, l- l- let us just remember <laughs> that you found Kendall because you were trying to be too cool for Eden. <laughs> yes, that is actually what happened. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I'm not going to listen to this mainstream art pop. <laughs> I'm glad you like, did. I still like that No Future album. I'm, yeah, I do too. But I'm glad you found Kendall, honestly, because that was a freaking good find. Mm. Very good. Good stuff. All right, I'm 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 done. No silly metaphors this time. No silly metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing too crazy. I just, I missed Coheed and Cambria for the first time in like 10 years on Monday. So I've been listening to a lot of Coheed and Cambria to make up for it. 33. That, no, not that album. Dang it. Um, I do love that album, though. 333. <laughs> I want to make a playlist called, um... Um, post hardcore songs about car crashes because i have like four now they're all about car crashes i think metaphorically what was that one on the uh you had another album about there was a song on one of his about a car crash i swear understanding in a car crash by thursday which i also just heard and also was competing for my bob of the week it's a great song Uh, maybe i can't remember it's got to be that it's the only song i can think of that i've ever listened to that has the words car crash in the title artist in the ambulance that's about a car crash 33 by coheed that's about a car crash wait wasn't that porcupine tree all about heart attack and a lay-by 
Oh uh, my well, god! Kind of. Yeah. It's not about a car crash. The guy pulls over to the side of the road and has a heart attack and dies. That's what I was thinking. Does of. that count? That's what I was thinking. I of. think maybe. <laughs> I mean, car tragedies. Car tragedies. Car tragedies. Car tragedies. <laughs> that doesn't work as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a good playlist. Anyway, uh, my song, not a good my, my bop this week is "The Willing Well One Fuel for the Feeding oh, End" by Coheed and Cambria. That's it. That's all I have to say. Dude, okay, Logan. That Logan, part is Logan, some of the heaviest stuff. Brief in the entire aside, song. Jake and I had a had a brief dialogue about how you liking Coheed and Cambria feels to me like it's just like that band is important to you. Nostal- it's nostalgia. I don't know how I can be nostalgic for something I got into three years ago. I don't know. Man. I could understand nostalgia more in like my case. I've been listening to it I since feel like I feel like you your your affinity for it's been longer than three years because you were going just on, a little bit longer than you were that, going on four. about them when I first met you, and that would have been like twenty sixteen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was I five was working years. at the law office back. Yeah, five years. That's six. Years but still, ago. it's it's weird to be nostalgic about anything that you learned of after high school. You know, it's like, yeah. all right, childhood's over. You're right. There's <laughs> yeah. no nostalgia after high school. Not until you're like 40. But yes, no, I, Do you think I that's agree. True? Do you yeah. think that's true? That's definitely not true. I, I, feel, nostalgia. I feel nostalgia for things like three months ago. <laughs> okay, fair play. I, I feel nostalgia for the concert I went to last week. Yeah, be, well, beyond <laughs> that. Hold on, we need some definitions. <laughs> Cody, Cody's, Cody's gaming career on Twitch. Oh man, I've been so busy. I've been thinking about that. I was like, I miss Twitch. See, he has nostalgia for his Twitch career. Mm, that was yeah. last year. I don't think saying you miss something is nostalgia, though. Yeah, no, it's it's Especially not. When I can return to same. Twitch at any time. I just need to find yeah. a good time to do it. Yeah. All right. So my bop, I've been listening to uh, "Time" by ELO a lot. Shout out to the Electric Light Orchestra, man. Actually, Shout out to Telephone like, Line, sounding like Twenty One Guns, sounding like Route Two Hundred Nine from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Okay, but that was the original. <laughs> okay, it's but a I'm really just pointing it out. They're all the same song. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> The song, The Way Life's Meant to Be, it's great. But that album's just great in general. It's just been on cycle. I really thought ELO would be the one to make me like an album before 1991. I was like, ELO, that's gotta be it. Like, they gotta have it. Have you listened to any? Have you listened to Time? I've listened to two ELO albums. Have you listened to this one? No. That... That's the one. It's very really, good. Guys, understand when I come in and I say, I don't like any album that's made before 1991. It's not out of choice. They just all suck. No, Time, <laughs> that's a great album. Uh, I'll get behind that one. Yeah, I, I always forget what your think, 1991 uh, line is, dude. <laughs> I ask you every time. That's and the, you might be changing it. I am I changing it. It was, 19, <laughs> it, was, it was like the year opposite of December was released. Then it was Sunny Day Real Estate. <laughs> then it was, um, now it's uh, Mineral, 1991. Oh, yeah. You've said Mineral the last couple times. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, been a Nitwick Radio. That's Nitwick Radio this week, I think. I still can't believe we didn't get the Pokemon guy to write a bump for our show. Like, how did we not do that? I can't believe we're paying Damon's family as life insurance now because he died. <laughs> And we still didn't get our Pokemon bump. Rip. 